Hi, I'm Ian Delisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in episode 12 of Essential Cooking, we talk with two Detroit food influencers, the Kitchenista and Mighty in the Mitten, with 134,000 and 25,000 Instagram followers, respectively. We talk with them about how they navigate creating daily content for Instagram and how food ended up being such a big part of their lives. Angela Davis, the Kitchenista, talks about going from accountant to food influencer. I started with a blog just for fun. I was an accountant full-time in the construction industry for about 10 years. And I was just kind of tired and fed up with my job. So I started cooking at night when I would get home. Even if it was in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, I was working on a recipe. So people started asking me to share the recipe behind the picture and the blog came to life from there. Um, I started on Twitter, just kind of building relationships by conversation. I, you know, Twitter is good for that because you can really connect directly to your, your um, followers and your customer base. And Instagram came later. I kind of fought that actually. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like Instagram. Pictures of food. <laughs> but you I know? wasn't a photographer. But yeah, that's true. And you were also doing like blogs. You're talking I was recipes, doing my blog like... and I was taking pictures with a cell phone. I had no photography background. So I didn't think Instagram would work for me. Got so it. I grew into that part and everything just took off very quickly. People responded. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found is that a lot of people my age wanted to learn how to cook. And it wasn't a skill set that they were taught at home. Um, yeah. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect with oh, my it's, generation. It's, I was going to say, our parents are usually terrible cooks. I mean, I don't yeah. know about your parents, but like my, my, my parents' dad generation. Cooks, yeah. But, it, you know, our parents were working. Yeah. So true. we weren't, as far as, I, I wasn't growing up in the kitchen. Like a lot of people have stories about their grandmother teaching them to cook. I didn't have that. Um, we were always traveling, moving. Yeah. So I, I learned how to cook as an adult from Food Network, yeah. Internet, America's Test Kitchen. But don't you feel like grandparents, like, I feel like grandparents universally can throw down in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And Both like, of my, all, yeah. Parents yeah. is like, you know, I feel like the 50 to 65 year old generation is where you're like, eh, they, they might be pretty lousy at cooking still. My dad, um, he was the bigger cook in my family. Yeah. My mom my cooks, too. but yeah. I think it was more out of just obligation to get something on the table. She's getting into it now. Um, yeah. She actually texts me when she's trying one of my recipes, That's which awesome. is cool. Yeah. So, you know, for me too, like, cause I didn't get on Instagram until I was on Top Chef and they like made me, they're like, you should really get an Instagram. And I was like, I, I, I said the same thing. And now it's my favorite. Yeah. There's so much positivity. People yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure you get majority of your comments have to be positive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And well, that's a rare, that's rare on social it's, media. I actually left Twitter this year because yeah, it's it was so, so negative. negative. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. post a picture of like, look at this great chicken. Yeah. And like, that sucks. The Here. negative comments take off. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's easy to get sucked into yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I found it was at the beginning of the year, um, right around the time the pandemic was starting. And I and I saw the writing on the wall. I was yeah. like, there's going to be a lot of people home bored mm-hmm. and it's going to get crazy here. And I was out by yeah. April. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. So your schedule in terms of how much content you put out and how much cooking you have to do to support the expectation. Mm -hmm. So what is the expectation of the amount of output from you? The expectation really is that you're posting every day Mm -hmm. because you got to keep feeding people content. Like Mm -hmm. people just want content, 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 whether they're using it or not. They want something to look at, to click at, to engage with. And you want to stay in their algorithm too. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Yeah, That's that's, that's, that's like a couple of years. I feel like that was like, an evolution of Instagram it's is the changed. algorithm. Yeah. yeah, and it's constantly changing, so you have to always kind of adapt to what Instagram wants you to do. But they don't really tell you what to do. No, you just got to figure, it, figure out. it out. <laughs> it's like yeah. filing your taxes. It's a big, yeah. it's a big fat mystery. Um, so, how far in advance are you thinking about your menu? And it, the food? it varies. It depends on the season. This time of year, 
I'm better at planning because fourth quarter is nuts with the holiday season. Mm -hmm. During the rest of the year, I might wake up in the morning and decide to do something as long as I can get a picture by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's how I've operated and I'm learning how to shift and have more of like an editorial calendar because Mm -hmm. now I'm working with other people and I have a team kind of forming. So I have to let them plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of it was just it was sporadic. Mm -hmm. It was I, I let myself be inspired by whatever I saw at the market that day and you know, I, I might bang out two or three recipes in a day. So I build up a little bit of a backlog um, in the spring and the summer. And then now I have eight years of history. So I can post a lot of my older content when I don't have time to, to do something. Yeah. So when you would have three recipes in a day, are you sharing all that food with your neighbors? Like, where does all that food go? Um, <laughs> well, sometimes it's work that I'm cooking for my client. Sometimes I use that for my recipe. Uh A lot of times it's just our family meal. I, especially starting out, I didn't have a budget to have like, um, content. So every meal that I cooked was content. Um, and, and now sometimes I do share with my neighbor, I'll have friends that will come pick up leftovers. I freeze a lot. I was just say, well, okay, well, I clearly have not your friend. (laughs) I've been begging you for this food. I gotta add you to the list. Come on. Um, in the in the fall and the winter, I do a lot more of those slow cooked braised dishes. Yeah, so that's so it's hard good. to do small batches. So you yeah. got to do a big pot. Yeah. So that's where I start having extra food. Okay. Um, in the summer, it's easier to do like small plates. Right. That chicken yeah. sandwich. The Nashville chicken sandwich. That picture. That you know, and it's so much work. I actually hate frying chicken. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do. Sure. But it was a great sandwich. That picture. <laughs> Messed me. I feel like that's where I started following you. I feel like maybe I like was just snooping around. I was like, okay, this is my this is my new favorite <laughs> post. So vibrant. Thank you. So M- mighty, kind of like you know, um, same question for you. Like you, I'm sure just started posting for fun, and then all of a sudden you started getting some activity. Yeah, I mean, being a California native and then moving to Michigan, I had like no friends or family here. I came here for work, and and when was that? Uh, that was in 2012. Okay, so, so you, 2012, 2013. You got a few years now here. Yeah, yeah, I've been. I have had. I've had a few years here now, and it was purely just. I worked three days in the ER and then four days off. So I spent four days playing, is what I called it. You know, most of the time it was just like whatever was in season. I'd take a picture and just post it. And I was doing this in California too, but it was. Mostly once I got to Michigan, I didn't have any friends or family here, so I just started doing that. And I also had a blog. Um, Writing is just, writing the recipe is so (laughs) frustrating because it's like, there are all these ingredients, like Asian ingredients, and like people ask where to go, what to get, what's it taste like? And I'm like, okay, I started to realize that for the most part, most people aren't going to make the recipe. So just posting it on Instagram was what I started doing more of. And so when people ask me for the recipe now, I just like divert them to like another food blog that I follow that closely resembles my recipe. And I just tell them, okay, look at this, read this and try to follow that. I mean, and I tell, yeah, and Yeah, and I make it your own. Yeah. I make it your own. And also because like, I don't want to give them exact like measurements because Asian cooking is very much like the little bit of this little bit of that. And I also want people to hone in their palate and learn to taste for things, you know, like, oh, okay, it says exactly one teaspoon of salt. No, not really. You might need more. So um, I can attest to that because Mighty did a pop up in Mabel. And I remember, like, we were like having her like wrestle her every day for, like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, what are you talking What is this recipe? What are you doing? Like, you yeah. get scale, you know, or yeah. Mighty would, like, you know, make like a, 
court of something. I'm like, okay, we're gonna need to do that. You wanted to kill 15 me 15 more times. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to kill me. We were, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was a good learning experience. It was no, it was good for all of us. Yeah. And, the, and the flavors were incredible. I and mean, Mighty's food's fantastic. And so I guess like Mighty, you should because this is radio. You know, you have um, you're half Chinese, half Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah. My my dad's Chinese. My mom's Vietnamese. Um, I've always grown up with eating both styles of food. It tends to be more Vietnamese during the summer just because we have like an abundance of vegetables. And then during the winter, it becomes more like hearty meals. So like um, soups, braises. Meat is always the accent just because like they're poor countries. And so you eat less meat and more of like veggies and starches and like carbs. So rice is always at the table, um, and noodles. And oh, that sounds awful. I, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible, ter- terrible hosting. Yeah, it. I mean, it, but it's just like so much flavors, like you know, just like lemongrass and like kefir lime leaves, and like I just you know fish sauce. Everyone's like fish sauce is so salty. It tastes so oh, weird. It smells funky. Amazing. amazing. But, but your XO too. Mighty makes that XO. I feel like that's like, you know, XO is one of those recipes you can find a million recipes online. But like you gotta have like swagger. You have to make to have this it. taste. Yeah. yeah, and like I just, you know, as, as a white dude, I cannot make XO. I don't even try. Yeah. And so I actually, I, I buy XO from Mighty and yeah. make it, bring it to the restaurant and then I use that. But I mean, okay, so speaking of that, like, I mean, Instagram was just like, this is what I did for fun. And then I started getting friends this way and it was great. I've like met some of like my best food friends on Instagram and we hang out and everything now. I mean, including you. I yeah, went to of course. your restaurant. Yeah. And um, but now it's okay, since I've I've gotten this following, people are like, Hey, can where do I get this? Or how can I have this? Can I buy this from you? And I'm like, sure, okay. You know, they're like, I want your dumplings. So I just, you know, started selling dumplings. I was doing my milk bread and that milk bread recipe is like my mom and I is like, we I can't give that recipe. She's already told me like <laughs> Unless you have your cookbook, even then I have to consider it. You're not sharing that recipe. Yeah. So I've done pop-ups at Sister Pie, but for the most part, people will come pick up and they're they're happy to. So, so you're selling actual food yeah. to people that are kind of hitting you up. Especially We're, since COVID has happened. Yeah, too. definitely. And then but Angela, you're you're selling more of like recipes, content, I pictures. Sell, yeah, the digital cookbooks yeah, and right. um I do advertising with brands. I have done events and pop-ups and dinner parties, but you know, a yeah. lot of that went away with more COVID. frequently. The income is through, you know, like the, the branded intangible, yeah. yeah, the intangible. And then yours, you, more of your, I guess like revenue would be from the, the tangible. Yeah. It yeah. would be that. Or, and you know, I do have like private clients that ask for dinners and I've had people ask me to do private dumpling classes and I'm happy to do all these things. I'm like, it's always based on their own comfort level, especially right now. And before like, you know, we figure out all the logistics and how to safely approach it. And I just think right now, like it's great that everyone's getting back into like carbs now. <laughs> like yes. I'm so carb. I love this time of year. I told, I see, I said this, I, I was like, yo, uh, the, you can't find flour anywhere in the country. I mean, this is now you can, but like yeah. back in like March, April, May, I was like, yo, there is like nobody's gluten free. Yeah. Like pasta yeah. and flour were the first things to yeah. like sell out. I, I was like, all right. Yeah, and then like sourdough became a thing because yeast was hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what the thing is, I've I love carbs. I, I mean, my family has never have cooked like with restriction. We've just always been like, okay, here's what you have. You want you want like pastries, eat pastries all you want. But everything was just in moderation. Well, it's nice, you know? man. You're the size of a peanut. So it's <laughs> nice to like, you know, you know, oh yeah, eat whatever you want. It's no big deal. Thanks. But it's just, it, I've always been that way. Like, I eat ice cream every day. <laughs> I eat something sweet wow. every day. Yeah, and it must just, be nice. Thanks, yeah. Mighty. Okay. But, We're going to yeah, okay. I can't yeah. relate to that. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Mighty. Okay, but, I mean, next. you just taste, you know? And, no, it's, it's, and so, then, yeah. So how 
How is it to fit all of that in with a full-time job? The ER is very stressful. It's a level one trauma center. And you and I've been doing it for over 10 years now. So I love my job so much. I love my patients. I love my doctors. I love the people that I meet. I just like that part of my heart just goes into it. And it's so stressful at times. But at the same time, it's the quickest 12 hours that happens. And then by the time I come home, it's like, I have this like adrenaline rush and like the dopamine levels are so high, but that by the end of the day, like the third, fourth day, I relax by getting in the kitchen. So like dough lately has been my thing and like I'll make dumplings. I'll just stand there and roll dough. I'll just make bread. I'll do noodles. And it's comforting for me. And then afterwards, like everything you see me post, I eat everything. Like everyone's (laughs) always like, do you eat your own food? I'm like, yes, I'm a big eater. I know it doesn't look like it, but I eat a lot. (laughs) You work your shifts, you know exactly what days you're working. And then after that, it's, I still consider it as the four days of play. Like I figure out how I fit in what I want to cook, especially if I'm doing like private dinners, like I'll do my shifts like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, so that I can prep Tuesday through Thursday or Friday and then have that dinner Saturday. So it's, it's just, you just figure it out. As newsrooms across the country close their doors, independent and unbiased journalism is more crucial than ever. We rely on you just like you rely on us. This spring fundraiser, join us in protecting public media. Your support keeps us thriving. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap donate in our mobile app. So how about, because, you know, both you guys kind of do like, you know, side hustle, content creating, Instagram, like, but you have dabbled, both of you, like kind of put your toes in the restaurant industry. Obviously, we've done pop-ups, you, yeah. you know, you've sold, um, you know, classes and stuff. Angela, I know you you have some, you know, affiliation with Ron from Cuzzo's. So like, what, when you step into the restaurant environment, how do you, is that like, is that like a, you know, a thrill or are you like, man, this sucks. This is not for me. This is way fast and crazy. A little bit of both. Yeah. I'm excited by the challenge to learn a whole new environment. I started doing events a few years ago and a lot of times that was in a commercial kitchen. So it was intimidating to walk in and see all this equipment and, you know, the layout's different and learning how to work with other people running around you. But I enjoy learning like the new skill. But in an actual functional, functional, like working restaurant, that's scary. Yeah, <laughs> like sure. the line, like when I walked into, I think because it was the first time when the line was like, it was just crazy. Oh, yeah. And and. I like my calmness in the kitchen working by myself. Like you, like that's, yeah. that's my safe space. Like, that's <laughs> where I meditate. The like, Zen is gone. <laughs> yeah. It's like going, it's like flying a kite to flying an airplane. It's like, it's, yeah. a, it's like relaxing to, you know, it feels like murder. Yeah. Let's talk about the technical aspect of what you do because you can cook really great food, but if you can't make it look good, then nobody's going to want to look yeah. at your accounts. That's and this the key. Is, and this is what, this is your branding right here is oh, to make yeah. the food look good. Um, I would say it was maybe three or four years in where I started using real cameras and understood how to work a shoot and, and get the angles that I needed. And like my day starts early because you have, sometimes I have to take pictures of like my niece. Like I have to lay everything out. You take pictures of that. Um, I'm writing notes for every step because I also have to develop the recipe. So every step that I do, I'm taking a photo, um, multiple photos. Like at the end of the day, I might have, I don't know, almost 200 photos to go for through one for, for one recipe mm-hmm. to go through for editing. And it's very intimate. I'm like, my camera's like 
my face is in the pot. Like I try to get really intimate shots. Like my goal when I'm shooting a recipe for like for the blog is for somebody to feel like I'm right there in the kitchen with them and can walk them through that recipe. So it's, it's just a lot of photography. Um, I don't do as much videos anymore. I'm actually, I partnered with somebody to start doing videography because that's just a whole other layer of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a lot of stopping and starting. It's, it's, a recipe that would take a person an hour to cook is four or five hours of work for me to shoot. And what about you, Mighty? Um, I, For me, I would say lately it's been stories. Uh, people see me make a dish from start to finish, and I'll share the stories frame by frame by frame. And most people will say, like, you know, after 24 hours, Instagram will get rid of them, mm-hmm. delete them. But then they'll say, hey, can you show this in a highlight so I can watch it again and refer to it? So my engagement lately has been mostly through stories because people feel like that personal connection when they can talk to you versus just making a comment on the picture and then you responding to it, which at the end of the day, they'll see the final picture presented as beautifully as it can be with the perfect lighting. But during the process, people will see like, I'll mess up. Like, I don't have any problems telling them like, okay, this dough is not coming together. I've already tried four or five times. It's frustrating. How much time do you both spend engaging with people who are engaging with you? Like how much? So there's the coming up with the recipe. There's the making it. There's the filming it or taking the shots and following it or writing about it. And then there's everything that comes after that. So now it's out there. Everybody starts responding. How much of your time is spent doing that? All day. Yeah, that's literally all day. That's, all day. I try to, now I'm getting better at trying to get my, my actual work done during the day when I have mm-hmm. the light and I'll do more of my engagement in the evenings because that's when I can't shoot. So it, it does take a lot of time. Like people need to feel like you are accessible, mm-hmm. that you'll answer their questions, mm-hmm. that you can help them. They look at you like, like an aunt or a sister yeah like your um, best you build friend. real relationships yeah. with, with those followers what has surprised you about your journeys into this world that's very unique so not everybody's doing it a lot of people a lot more people consume it than do it I'm really surprised how long my followers have been following me and I know that the Instagram al- algorithm definitely makes it difficult like I've had people tell me like hey I don't see your content anymore And then, like, they've changed it where it says, like, you have to be over 10 in order to see my page. I don't know how that happened. I've never changed any settings, but that's what it was. And so people didn't see it. But then I've had people follow me from the beginning, and they actually found out I was pregnant before I even knew I was pregnant. It was very strange because I was posting something, and they would say, you're pregnant. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, I don't even know. And and it's it was because they just – know me in a way that they follow me that they just saw the food changed a little bit that was like hey this isn't really like you like you don't really eat I'm like oh gosh people know me like and people will say things like they really do feel like because of that engagement that they know you and that there's almost sometimes no filter like they'll say what they want which you know you have to put boundaries on it yourself which I've definitely gotten better at doing because even though I respond like Throughout the day. I mean, definitely when I'm at work, it's no. You know, my patients, the ER, it, it is that. It's urgent. So I, I don't respond. But other than that, I'll respond as best as I can. And, like, sometimes people, they go a little too far. and sometimes, But for the most part, people aren't, like, that, you know, intrusive. How about you, Angela? Um, I think what surprised me is just how many doors that it opened. You know, when I started this, I had a I had a career and I never had any intentions of using my food content as a business. 
And since then, I've I've left my career. Like this supports my my life and my family full time. So that's that's probably the most surprising part is that I could carve out my own lane without ever having trained professionally in this industry. Like it's really it's been a self taught journey, and in the past couple of years, just a lot of doors have opened for me, and that's that's cool. What is your most liked post ever? Mac and cheese, like easily. That's, All that brilliant talk and mac and cheese. Yeah, but, right. That's <laughs> I know. I, that's life for you, isn't it's it? It's a gift and a curse. Like I, I feel like I, I spend, I'll spend twelve hours like doing this recipe that I'm, I'm just like in love with. It's like complex, yeah, and somebody's and like, "Let me get the mac and cheese recipe." Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. What are you mighty? It would probably be it would be that dumplings or bread, yeah. <laughs> something carb yeah. related. Just I mean, dumplings. I dumplings are one of those things you can eat like a dozen of and don't feel guilty. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, it's what's, easy. But what? Okay, so what? What dumpling is the most liked dumpling? Because obviously, the dumplings are that's very loose term. Yeah. What's um, it, what is the most when you post a dumpling? What do you know is you're going to be like this is this is going to get so many likes. What I mean, style? obviously if you do colored doughs or like different types of intricate shapes, like people love that content. Yeah. Um, but like the filling wise, I mean, I have this pork and shrimp one that just, it's just solid. Like everybody loves it. And I'm like, okay. And then I have a vegetarian one, which I kind of just like threw together and I like the way it tastes because it's gingery. And that one's actually really popular. What about, all right, steamed or fried? Um, so it's pan fried. Everyone loves pan fried, yep. but actually I love a really good boiled dumpling. Yeah. Like the, the slipperiness of it and the chewiness of it is so good. Yeah, I agree. Find out more about Mighty's dumplings and about her by following Mighty in the Mitten on Instagram, as well as our other guest, the Kitchenista. Our thanks to both of them for being our guests. Thank you for listening and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer. Associate producers are Lisa Brancato and David Lyons. Production provided by Studios on the Pond and Rowan Nemisto. Original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of Detroit Public Radio Station, WDET. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and join us as we explore the world of food and how to cook it right here on Essential Cooking.